He destroyed, he took, he has the keys of death, hell, and the grave. So he has victory over it. And because you are his body, if I'm the body of him, then would I not have victory over it if I'm part of his body? Sure. Because a body is not divided in the natural, is it? You don't have the head over here and the arm over there. Because if you did, you'd have a dead corpse, wouldn't you? If you had, if you had the head disconnected from the body, you would have a dead corpse. So that's not the proper order. So if we're his body, then we're joined to him. Okay? And he's the head of the body, which is church. That's one of our scriptures today, later today. But first John, so I so I say this because I, I think it's very needful. In first John three verses one two says, Behold what manner the love of love and I'm gonna read you out of the ESV. Behold see what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And I read out of here because the word there means children, not son. And in your Bible, every word matters. So, so when you get into the definition, there's a different word used for a child and a son in your Bible. So, so the love that he's bestowed upon us is that we would be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him because we shall see Him as He is. And I'm going to stop there for a moment. And this word appear is in the definition, when He does shall appear, is to render apparent. When he's rendered apparent, we'll be like him. And see, that's really the difference in a child and a son. And I'll, and I'll leave it there. Now you're a child of God, but it does not appear what you shall be. But when he shall appear, because what we shall be is revealed in his appearance. Yes. That's really where it's at. So when I, when I take... When I take this and I look at it, and, and, and a lot of people love to, to quote, as he is, so are we, this one scripture, another scripture, as he is, so are we in this present world. They like to quote that. But how is he? Flip over me to Hebrews 8. Hebrews 8. And this is very important to hear this morning. So when I, when I quote that scripture, how he is, so are we, I want you to consider in your mind that for this is the covenant, verse 10, that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws into their mind and in their heart. Also I will write them and I will be to them a God and they will be to me a people. And they shall not teach every man his fellow citizen, and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest, for I will be merciful to their iniquities, and their sins will I remember no more. So if I'm like him, you, you, know, you know that saying we have, and I, I may have brought this up last week, but if I did, so be it. If I'm like him, we have this saying, I'll forgive, but I won't forget. Right? Now we, that's the saying we like to have, right? I'll forgive you, but I'm not going to forget what you've done to me. <laughs> no. See, see, the truth of Him, you know, if we're like Him, we forgive. He said, thy sins and iniquities, I will remember how, how, how long? No more. So, so if we're coming into what He is, we don't have this continual... Problem of one another. 
if we're really coming into what he is, with this, this continual problem that we have with each other has to disappear, has to dissolve. And there's no two ways about it. See, see, you're not coming to maturity if you still have alt, or, you know, maybe, you, you know, we, we like these King James words, but if you still have issues with your brother. Paul said you're yet carnal and you walk as men. That's what Paul told the church. You're carnal, you walk as men. And what, what they were doing, one was saying, well, I'm a Paul, I'm of Apollos, and, and I'm of Cephas, you, you know, Peter. I, it, it, they, their issues with brothers and sisters in the Lord. I, I see this in Facebook sometimes. I see brothers that may have better understanding than some of the body of Christ and and I and I've been there, so I'm not going to beat them up too hard because I walk there myself. And they want to beat them up with the understanding they have, and that's not the mind of God either. No, it ain't. It's not the mind of God to beat up, criticize, and tear down the body of the Lord. It's the mind of God to edify and build up and nourish the body of the Lord. And if I'm not walking in that mind toward my brother, I'm not, I'm not walking in the knowledge of the Lord. Yeah. See, we, we, we want to say we're walking in the knowledge of the Lord because we have some great understanding. But if I don't have in my heart to edify my brother, I'm not walking in his knowledge. The mind of the Lord doesn't hold anything against you. Absolutely. You, you know, go, you go read the chapter of Paul where he's teaching the chapter of love in the, in the book of Corinthians and you'll see the nature of God right there. There you say God is love. Well, Paul brings out the nature of God in that chapter. And again, when we say we, when we see Him, we shall be like Him. That's His nature. That's His nature. Absolutely. See, see, it's common for Christian folks to look at people and judge them according to the flesh. We love to do it. But Jesus come to seek and save that which was lost. And, and not to get too far down this road, but the woman he caught in adultery. Did he take her out and ridicule her and set her in front of the courts? Well, he set her in front of the king. And he says, I don't condemn you. Where are thy accusers? See, he's the king. And it's because he released her sin from her. The greatest power we may have is to release someone's sin from them, to forgive them. And we, we many times don't want to walk in that. We would rather give a harsh word than a kind word. We'd rather curse instead of bless. But that's what Jesus told His disciples in another place when they wanted to call down fire from heaven. He said, you know not what spirit you're of. Because He come to seek and save that which was lost. That was what He come to do. To seek and save it. And you get into that word save, it, 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 it deals with, of course, deliver. It also is like your, preserva- your, your preservation. So you're, you're saved, Paul writes, by his life. So in his life, and one of the most beautiful things the Lord ever allowed me to see, and I saw a glimpse of it, was, and I've shared it before, I stepped off my grandfather's porch. And my cousin's son was in the vehicle with my Uncle Steve, my, on my dad's side, and my grandfather was on my mother's side. 
and they saw me at my grandparents where I used to roost when I would go, what I'd say, going home. I'd go home, go to where I'm from. And I stepped off the porch, and for a brief moment, I saw the love of God. And I saw no condemnation. Yes. And I walked up there and looked at a child in God's eyes. And man would have probably said, well, he's, his dad's no good. He's going down the wrong path. He's going to be a dope head. He's going to be this. He's going to be that. But I saw him out of the love of God. And a whole different view was there. See, God has a whole different view. And so we love to quote, we shall be like him. Or as he is, so are we in this world. But he forgave the world of sin. So if we are as he is in this world, we may ought to be forgiven the world of some sin. See, see, the church wants to take, you know, whatever, the Muslim people, and they want to accuse them. I just used the Muslim people this morning. You're not going to change the Muslim people by accusing them. You're going to change them when they see something in you. That is different. Amen. That's what's going to change people. Right. When they see a nature in you that is different than the world. And I know I know, I see what comes out of me sometimes. And, and I know for a fact that's not God. Because yeah. God has given me a glimpse of what He's like. Maybe just a glimpse, but I've seen a glimpse of it. So, so I know what, what, what can come out of the recesses of my heart and mind is not the Lord. And so when we, when, when even in a little fellowship like this, when we have division with one another in just a small group, do we not understand we're having division against the Lord? See, see, see that doesn't, we, we think, well, this is just, how I feel about Brother Bob. No, Brother Bob belongs to the Lord. Amen. And the instructions is if you have an issue with your brother, go to your brother and bring that issue before your brother. Amen. And if your brother not here, you bring it to the elders of the church. There are instructions that we, for some reason, for years just didn't share. We left them alone. We told you you're in Christ. Well, I mean, I know that. I know I'm in Christ, but now that I'm in Christ, how do I conduct myself being in Christ? See, how do I live being in Christ? We, we've talked for years we're in Christ. I believe that with all my heart. I believe Christ is in me and I'm in Him. I, I can teach that. And I told Sister Peggy this one time, I could come here and teach a, a message or preach a message that will make your people happy. I said something like that. I shouldn't use her name on here. But bless her heart. She loves me and I love her, so I don't think she'd get mad at me. So, so we, we've got to allow God to change us. See, if there's no change come. See, the whole, the whole process of coming in God and coming into a new man and being a new man, if I'm a new man, then there's, the, there's a change. Amen. Right? Absolutely. And see, see, we've made the change just, well, I don't go here and I go there. See, that was a superficial change. That was, that was kind of what we learned, you know, in the, in the very basics of going to church. I don't go here and I go there or I don't do this. And now I do that. Those are superficial. And they didn't get to the core. <laughs> but Jesus wants to get into your core. Right. Now, in your core, maybe you won't go places you used to go. Maybe you will. I'm not, I'm not after that. I'm after your core. Because in your core is the change that will create the issue of life that will come out of you and touch somebody else's heart. That will come out of you and forgive somebody else. As He forgave you, 
you'll forgive them because, yeah. because that reality will work in you. My Lord Jesus. And that's what he's after. As he is. A slain lamb. When John saw him as a slain lamb. So a slain lamb took the world's sins upon them. So I I quote that as he is, so are we. Then, Then let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus who not thought it not robbery be made equal of God, but made himself of no reputation. As he is, made himself of no reputation. And took up on him the form of servant, made him the likeness of man to die the death of the cross. So he he laid himself down. That's how he is. That's the nature he is. Yes, it is. And so if I'm going to be as he is, I have to lay myself down. And that's not just to me, that's to other people. Right. Right. That that's that's the power of, of the good news. I, I, I go to Stephen being stoned and saying, and I do this often, that, you know, crying out that, that their sins not be charged to them, and they were killing him. That was the very nature of the Lamb in their midst. Yes, that changes people. Yes, sir. You know, that, that, creates in people a change when they see that nature operate. Yes, sir. And that's what he's after. Is his nature in you. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that's, that's why we learn his word. That's, that's why it's important to understand things. It's important to understand what words mean. So we have answers for people. It's really important to give ourselves to know, but of all things, to know His nature. So we've been dealing with Psalms 2, and I'm not going to read it this morning to surprise you, but I'll quote part of it. I have set my king on my holy hill. And and he goes on, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And we read in Acts 13 that him being begotten was speaking of the resurrection of the dead. That thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee, was speaking of the resurrection of the dead. It says it plain in Acts 13. So so you, you think I'm in error. Then the writer of Acts, I guess he is too. So, so he's begotten from the dead. And that, and that is so powerful to understand. I, I, I wrote on Facebook a little article yesterday on that. And since you all didn't read it, I'll read it to you. How do you like that? Let me find it, and I'm picking on you, because I can, because I have the microphone. And I wrote in the article, I I called it God's King in in Kingdom 3. This paragraph is from last week, so I wrote this last week. This is where we start our journey as a new creation. We start in Him, in His resurrection. That's where our start as a new creation is. Therefore, during the new birth experience, there is no condemnation. And we experience all of our sins being rolled away. Who's experienced that? I have. Do you understand why you experience that? Because God put the sins of you on Jesus. It's that simple. So when you're born again, what God did in Jesus now happens to you. He put your sins on Jesus, therefore your sins roll away. And, and now that you've, you've experienced your sins being rolled away, what else did you experience in new birth? Did you experience a, a jubilation of life? Unlike anything you ever had before. Did you do that? I did. There was, there was something coming to me that I never had before. That's because He was begotten from the dead. And we start 
And see, that, that's what happened in Jesus too. And that's where we start with our sins being rolled away and the newness of His life. From the dead. Now going on, at the cross He took them, our sins. In the resurrection He had no sin on Him but the life of God. We experience, experience what has been done in Him right from the beginning of receiving Him. Now our journey is a knowing of Him. This is what Christianity and salvation is. It is knowing Him and He is out from the dead. The dead. Dead in Adam. The dead. In fact, as king, he reigns over death, hell, and the grave. We now come to share in his life and manifest it to the world. Now, going on to paragraph 2, Jesus reigns over death and the dead. And I capitalize the dead. Romans 5.12 declares, turn to Romans 5.12, I'll just take the scriptures from here. Romans 5.12 says, what? Flip there, Romans 5 and 12 says that, Therefore, as through one man sin entered into the world. So how, through, how did sin come into the world? Through one man. And death through sin. And so death passed unto all men for that all sin. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin's not imputed when there's no law. Nevertheless, even though sin wasn't being imputed, nevertheless, death reigned. You you ever get a hold of that? Even though sin wasn't being charged to them, that were sinners, he says death reigned. Have you ever noticed reigned? Had authority, had dominion. From Adam unto Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the likeness of Adam's transgression, who was a figure of him that was to come. So death reigned. Okay? So, so we have a reigning death, and, 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 and you go back into the garden, go back to Genesis 2. Then we'll get back into what I wrote on Facebook. So just have to separate it out. Genesis 2. He says in verse 16, And Jehovah God commanded, that's Jehovah Elohim, if you look up the words, but Jehovah God commanded the man, verse 16, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in, that, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. So when you eat that tree, you're going to die. If you eat it, so he tells the man, don't eat it. Maybe if he never told the man, the man wouldn't have done it. Just throwing it out there. But he told him not to. You ever tell your kid not to do something? What's your kid do? He runs out and does it, right? Better, better off not tell him because it's almost soon. As you say it, well, I'll show you, Dad, I'm going to do it. So, now, what's, what also is peculiar here, Eve wasn't there when God told the man not to eat. Have you ever got a hold of that? That Eve wasn't standing there with Adam. Eve gets taken out of Adam after that. So then you come over to chapter 3. And... And you come into chapter 3 and you have a subtle, subtle serpent. He's more subtle than any beast of the field which Jehovah God had made. So he's more subtle than all the beasts of the field. And he said unto the woman, you, Yea, have God said, You shall not eat of every tree in the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, Of the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not die. 
And God, for God does know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and you shall be as God, knowing good and evil. And and we probably all wish those eyes were never opened. <laughs> okay. So here we go. And the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat. And she gave to her husband with her, and he did eat. So the husband that had heard the voice of God tell him not to eat, could have said to the woman, Hey, God told me not to eat. But evidently he had already told her that because she knew what God had said, right? But she ate anyway. And so did her husband. He ate. And they were both... Their eyes were open and they knew that they were naked. See, before their eyes were open, they didn't know they were naked, so, so they had no shame. So they lived in no shame. And, I, and, and, and you maybe you can figure this out, how many years they may have lived in the garden with no shame. So they were in a place of no shame. And God was providing for them and they were just told to take care of the land. And you go, you go there into a provision of the Lord where you're just resting in the work of the Lord. And you come over and, and you know this is what Paul is writing of in Romans when he says that through sin, through one man's sin, one man's disobedience, even though there was no law, death reigned. Now, now, what came upon them was natural death, but that's not the only death that came. Right. See, there was another death that rose upon them that came that day. See, their eyes were open that day, and the veil of the carnal mind was placed upon them right there. came upon the whole world through one man's disobedience. All became dead. So, so we all shared, shared death in Adam's death. Every man Born of a woman was born into Adam's death. And that's what David says. In sin was I conceived. So I'm conceived in sin. And I used to really like to use this. I'd say, and Alvin's here today so I can really say it. I didn't have to tell him not to lie to me. In fact, he was going to do it. Daddy, I didn't do that. Sometimes I, I sit around and look, well, I know I didn't do it, and your mother didn't do it, and it's just me, you, and her, so this leaves you. But So, I, so that nature was there, and there was this nature in us, and we fight this nature every day of good and evil. You know, we, we in our mind, and I'm getting into your mind a little bit, in our mind we're always wondering, is, is this good or is this bad? Is this good or is this bad? That's what come upon them. They came to know good and evil. You go back there before sin entered the world, before Adam's disobedience, they had no shame. Did they? They weren't worried about fig leaves. They weren't even thinking about being naked. So now their eyes get open. The first thing they realize is, is I'm undone. I, I need, I'm naked, man. And if it's just, if it's just Adam and Eve, if you ever think about it, why that even matter? Because it, it, what was in the conscience came to the outside. Because now I'm conscious, I'm aware of my nakedness. Yeah. So I put clothes on, but I'm still naked. 
So, so you, you, you get clothes, natural clothes, but you're still in your mind. Now you get stuff not in my notes. So, so you, get, you get a little extra here. You're still naked. Because inside I've got to be clothed upon with Him. That's what's going on in me. Because I can't get right with God. In all my struggles and destitutes, I can't do it. And I believe Apostle Paul is writing that to people in the book of Romans. He says, I try to do good and evil's present with me. I agree the law is right, it's true, it's holy. I agree with it. But I find not a, the strength in me to achieve it. And, and this, this conscious awareness, everybody here believes it's good not to steal your brother's sheep. Now, we don't have sheep here today. But... Well, some may. Bless God if you do. But we have this conscious awareness of that my consciousness, my awareness is good and evil, is sin. And always before my consciousness, I'm aware of my shortcomings. Anybody else beside me? Can anybody else raise both arms? I'll raise them all. If I could, I'd raise my legs too, but I'd fall down. Because that's the reality that mankind is in. And he struggles with it. Now, flip over to Romans 8, and I may get back and read the rest of what I was reading to you, and I may not, but it got me going, Kathy, so now i just got to go with it. Flip over to Romans 8. Doody, doody, doody. Romans 8. What a, what a powerful, powerful verse. And I'm reading now the American Standard, so part of what's in the King James is not in the American Standard. And I believe in the King James it may be italicized. There is therefore now no condemnation, King James says. Now, in the American Center, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. doesn't say who walks. just says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. There's what? Zero. Nada. Why am I, condi- why am I walking in condemnation then? If there's not any, why am I? Let's go on down here. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus have made me free. So the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Why am I not free from it? I read it, did it did that, right? But why in my heart, in my conscience, am I not free? For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned. This word condemned means judged. He brought judgment upon sin in the flesh. Where did He bring it at? See, here's the key. He brought it in Jesus Christ. How many times have you read Jesus took my sin. Who's ever read that besides me? Why then do you keep trying to take it back? See, here's our issue. We don't want to let Him take your sin. We try to take it back and then do something about it. And live in condemnation because we can't do anything about it. I can't change the mess I am. I'm a mess. 
in myself. You, you amen me over here, Brother Andrew. Thank you, brother. Help me. Helping me preach. Bless God this morning. <laughs> so, here, so here we go. In ourselves, we take our sins and we don't really fully believe. He took away. And remember what we started off with talking about being born again and how our sins got taken away? But now after we get born again, we go and we pick them all back up and we start marching around with them. And I'm going to do better, Lord. Next time. My answer is still the same answer. It's still Him. He took my sin, He judged sin, and He put it to death. And put it away. He buried it and put it away. Thy sins and iniquities, well, I remember no more. Why? Because He cast them up on Jesus and Jesus died. That's why He doesn't remember them anymore because they got put up on Him and He died. He didn't just forget them, He put them on Christ. He said by the prophet Isaiah that He was going to bear our iniquities, that He was going to be chastised for our peace, that he was, he was bruised, what, bruised for our iniquities, chastised for our peace, and by his stripes were healed. Go read that reel, that his soul was going to be made an offering for sin. He was going to pour out his soul to death. So Adam's death that passed upon all mankind came to Jesus, and Jesus took it and died. That The ordinance of the law might be fulfilled in us, or the righteousness of the law. The ordinance is the righteousness. What the law required was righteousness. It might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now, keep this marked and flip to Galatians 3. I want to show you something. And you say, well, brother, when you've been teaching the kingdom, this this is the kingdom. He reigns over sin. Verse Galatians 3. I'm getting ready to read to you Romans 3. I'm getting ready to do a Brother Stanley on on you. I'm picking up Brother Stanley. I do it too. But Galatians 3. I meant Galatians 3. Oh, foolish Galatians. Now, Now, notice what Paul calls them. Foolish Galatians. He didn't say, oh, smart Galatians. He says, you're foolish. Who did bewitch you before whose eyes Jesus Christ was openly set forth crucified? Now, I don't think he was physically crucified in Galatia, was he? No. So, but anyway, this only would I learn from you, receive ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now perfected in the flesh? So how did they begin? In the Spirit. But then they tried to get perfect in the flesh. This takes me back to my childhood and and Christianity. What what was the song we used to sing, Brother Andrew, all the time? Just as I am, without one plea. And as soon as you come just as you are, without one plea. Now I'm going to give you something to plea over. Because now I'm going to tell you the 30 things you've got to do. To be right with God. But you just come by the Spirit without a plea. You come as you were. Then we get tossed into religion and religion says, but. But we sing the song just as I am without one plea. Anyway. So we come here, are you so foolish having begun in the Spirit, are you now being perfected how? By the flesh. So I try to get perfect by my works, the flesh. That's my own works. That's what he's dealing with, the flesh. Did you suffer so many things in vain, if it be indeed in vain? He therefore that supplieth to you the Spirit and work of miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law 
or by the hearing of faith. What were the works of law? Your own works. Right? Your own works to be righteous. That was the works of the law. Even as Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him for righteousness. Abraham didn't work to get righteous with God. He believed Him. And because he believed God, God reckoned him to be in right standing. Who reckoned Abraham? God did. Yes, He did. And see, this has got to get in our conscience that through Christ, He took my sin and took it away. And through Christ, He made me righteous, and I am today. Listen, He took my sin, I made that right. And took it away, and through Christ, He made me righteous, and I am today. I am righteous. We believe unto righteousness. You ever read that? With the heart man believeth unto... How do you get unto righteousness? You believe. So so now my walk is by the Spirit. What the Spirit has shown me in Christ and not my works of the flesh. My works of the flesh is what's always against me. They always, every time I try to come to them, I wind up in trouble. Maybe nobody else but me does that, but I do. Because I'll come to my own works of righteousness and I'll try to show God I'm prayed up, I'm stayed up, I'm all this. And, I, and, I, and I'm all for you praying, so I'm not against it. I'm all for that. But my righteousness is Him. Period. And that has to clothe my conscience, my mind. That I am in right standing with God and He has removed my sin away. Because God, even as Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned unto him for righteousness. Know therefore that they are faith. The same are the sons of Abraham, those that believe God, and God reckons it to righteousness. They are the sons of God. And the Scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. So then they that are of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. So we're blessed through the work of Jesus Christ. We're made to be righteous through Him. Not what we've done, but what He did and what He has given unto us. One Scripture says it's the gift of righteousness. What's a gift? You don't work to get a gift, do you? No, a gift is given. Right? But see, but see, we want to work. We want works. Because we've been programmed in our mind that we have to work to get it. But freely you have received, and freely you give. So you freely received. His salvation. You didn't have to work to get it. You freely received Him. You freely received His righteousness. So, so how do I stay in this place? I walk after Him. What do you mean you walk after Him? I, I, I agree with the Lord. I agree I can't do nothing to be righteous. There's nothing I've been able to do to make me any better than I am. But you can't. And now, he begins to take his mind. Because unless my mind gets changed, I probably ain't going to get no better. This is why I like to say to people that say, 
One day we're going to have a new body. I'm going to say, well, what if you get the same old mind in a new body? Is that heaven or is that hell? I know I'm a little strong saying that, but think about it. I get a brand new body and I have this same, and my mind has not been transformed. And I'm going to live forever in this brand new body. Where am I living at? Huh? <laughs> so, so see, see that that's the thing God wants to do. Is He wants to change more than our body. I am against it. If if that's true, I'm not against it. I'm, I'm just going to come right out on record. And if one day man doesn't physically die, I don't, I don't care. I'm not against it. But if he doesn't have a changed mind, it ain't going to matter anyway. See, I'm not against certain things. I'm not against you having a body over there. I'm not against that. Really not. But what I'm after is knowing Him. Amen. See, that, that's the truth of it. it and, and after knowing Him isn't in the sweet by and by, it's in the dear now now. Amen. That's where the issue's at. Is is we've wrapped it up in the sweet by and by, and we and, and let's just struggle in the mud till we get from the now and now to the sweet by and by. That's not the good. That's not good news. Gospel means good news. Amen. So if I'm preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, I'm telling you some good news. Well, it's not good news that you don't have to wait 40 years to get an inheritance. Amen. And you don't have to struggle and hope you don't get struck dead right now before you get it. Now, is that really good news to me? No. No. But we, 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 we allowed it. Okay. Have it. We've allowed that. We've allowed that mindset to sit in the church. And, and, and without even questioning gospel. Gospel means good news. It's good news that He took my sins. That's good news. Because I couldn't get rid of them and see if I know Him. So, so how? Okay, okay, brother Wayne, and I'm, I'm going to get further in this. We're going to flip back to Romans eight because I told you it was, but I told you I was going to read the rest of that, and I didn't. So forgive me. In if I keep struggling to live better, so so when I look, I'm trying to say something to you. I come to the Lord. And I don't even struggle coming to the Lord. I just come to the Lord. One day, I decide, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. And He does. And, it, and boom, here He is. Boom. Immediately. And boom, my sins get rolled away. The next thing I'm doing is struggling. What if I just said, Lord, I began with You. You took my sins away. Now fix them. Now, if He took them away from my conscience right there, why can't He bring me into a reality where I ain't worried about my sins because His nature doesn't have sin? Because we want to say, well, what about this? Well, what about that? Well, what about you doing this? What about doing that? If I learn Him, I don't have to worry about that because remember I started off with the chapter of love and love doesn't do ill to his brother. So if I come into the nature of Christ, I don't have to worry about murdering people. Because in Him, there's no murdering. He doesn't have a nature of murder. He doesn't have a nature of filth. He doesn't have a nature of debauchery. He doesn't have a nature. So, so if I still, I like, I think Brother Lynn said this, one of the brothers, if I still want to go out here and do debauchery, I'm violating my own nature because now you are the sons of God. It's not just that you're violating the old Mosaic law, you're coming against what He's done. But, see, 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 see the, the, but we don't understand that because we just want to go hug onto the Mosaic law. Because we can't get free from things. Well, He freed us, 
And the only way to, to live free is if you continue in my word, then you are my disciple indeed, because his word has, that word disciple is dealing with some discipline. And see, see, we don't want any discipline. We don't want any correction. We don't want to come under anything. But see, but see, if I'm in a kingdom, I'm under something, right? Yes, sir. I'm under an authority of, of the king. Amen. And the king has given me his life. So the measurement here is his life. Now this isn't to make you feel like you, you have nothing. Because he's given it to me. And I walk in it as I learn it. As I grow. You know, you know, another word for learning Him would be growing. So as we learn Him, we're growing. It's like, it's like growing in the natural. You physically see Brother Dave grew. Right? Up and out. So did I. So I ain't picking on Brother Dave. But, but see, that's natural I was. But not just picking on Brother Dave. It should be able to pick on myself. So, so if I'm growing in the Lord, I'm learning the truth. That's growth. Yes, yes. It's that simple. So I learn the truth, and then I'm growing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. So, so I, so as I grow in the nature of Him, these things I really believe these things that 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 I want to do, they, I won't want to do them because they're not His nature. But if I just sit around and wrestle with them all the time and fight with them all the time and try to get rid of them, they're not in him. They don't even go there. They're not even present. So he gives us the power to overcome them. But I can't get the power to overcome them in myself. And that's, and that's, that's where a conscience goes back to all the time is self. We try to get right, to stay right, to be right with God when we already are. He made us right at the cross. And somewhere that piece has to get settled with me. That He really took my sins away. He really did. I'm really free from them. Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin, the missing of the mark. He took away Adam's transgression. He took Adam to death. He took the old man and crucified him. So when I came forth in Christ, I came forth in a new man that wasn't condemned. But yet I walk around like I'm an old man full of condemnation. There's therefore now no what? Condemnation to them that are where? In Christ Jesus. Are you in Christ Jesus? Why are you condemned then? Because you walk after the flesh. You walk trying to do this according to your own works. See, that's walking after the flesh. I'm trying to attain after my own self. And that's what Paul was saying to the Galatians. Are you so foolish having begun in the Spirit? Are you now being made perfected by your own flesh? And he brings the picture to Abraham to him and says, Abraham believed God and God counted it to him. So what God has counted to us is what Jesus did. That's what He's counted to us. He's counted to us what Jesus did. That's what you have. What Jesus did is what you have. And that's what we learn and grow up in is Him. Romans 8, going on down Romans 8, says, verse 5, See, I got back there and I was going to read you Colossians 1. I might read might. It says, For they that are after the flesh mind the things of the flesh. Is that not true? If I get after the flesh, if I get trying to do it myself, I get trying to fulfill it. See, we just, we just take this word. I'm not saying it ain't talking about bad things of flesh. It can be. But, but it also can be talking about what we call good things of the flesh. Because the knowledge of tree. The knowledge of good and evil didn't get it done, folks. If it had, a, Jesus wouldn't need to come because He gave us the law. 
And the law didn't make any man perfect. You didn't, you didn't start feeling perfect by the law, did you? No. Because so, the law just showed you you're exceedingly sinful and you need a Savior. Because every time you try to do it, that's living after the flesh. I'm trying to do the law. See, living after the flesh is not just the bad things. It's also our good works. It's a tree of knowledge of good and evil. See, this tree right here, this tree can be filled with good and evil and still can't find the life of God. And I'll never forget the story of the young man when I, when I told him, when I told him, he said, it's all just about doing good. And I said, no, it's not. It's about life. I've, Jesus never said, I've come that you be good little boys and girls. He said, I've come that you might have life. And life is in the Spirit. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So He come to bring us to a higher dimension than our good and evil. He come that we would live in His life. That's really what He come for. So, so for they that are after flesh, verse 5, do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For the mind of the flesh is death. What's death? Death passed upon all men. What passed upon all men? The mind of the flesh. What did all men do when Adam, what did it say? Their eyes were open and they saw good and evil. The mind of the flesh came. And it showed them good and evil. And they were in condemnation every day. And that's where man has been every day. To a Savior come. Glory to God. I, I, I wish, man, what I see here, I, I, I wish I could say it. The eyes were open. They saw good and evil. They said, hey, I'm naked. I'm ashamed. I'm undone. That's what passed upon all men. It passed upon all men, the carnal mind, the natural mind. And they began to try to do good and evil. And they did. They, they were filled with wickedness. Some of them, you, you know, you, you know the story of Cain and Abel, and that, that was in the man, the whole mankind. But the but this escape from that even when you do good, you couldn't escape your conscience. You realize that? Even when you walk out here and you, and you, and you say, hey, I've seen this poor man, I'm going to give him $20. Does that free your conscience? No. You just lost $20. He may have needed it, and you may have should have gave it to him. But that didn't free your conscience. Did it? No. What, what he did was freed our conscience, but the mind of the Spirit, what's the mind of the Spirit? So if I come to the mind of the Spirit, I come to life and peace. So if I come to a spiritual mind, if I come to what Jesus has done, I come to life and peace. Because the mind of flesh is enmity against God. For it's not subject to the law of God. Neither can it be. <laughs> Can't be. And they that are in the flesh cannot please God, but you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. So what, what, what puts you in the Spirit? You, did you put yourself in the Spirit? No. You couldn't even do that. You hear people, and I'm, I'm winding down, you hear people talking about spiritualism, right? I hear sometimes natural people talk about being spiritual. And I want to say, you're not spiritual if you don't have your spirit in you. You try to be spiritual all you want. All you, want. you may be humanistically spiritual of the human mind, of the human spirit, but you're not spiritual in God's mind unless God's spirit 
dwells within you. If any man hath not the Spirit of Christ, I don't know how, how much plainer Paul could have said this. He does not belong to him. So what makes you belong to God? God's Spirit. Sure. Amen, brother. For you, 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Who are the sons of God? Notice the word sons, and I believe that word is son instead of child. Let me look it up. So, as many as led by the Spirit of God, they are, yes, that is uh, 5206 in your or 5207 in your Greek, and it means a son. So, as many as are led by the Spirit are sons. Alright? They are the sons of God, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again unto fear. What do we typically do with God? We're afraid of Him, right? But what have we not received? The spirit unto fear. What's a, what's a son in your own household? A son's your heir, right? A son's who you want to give everything to, right? Is that not true? And God's calling you sons. So God ain't calling you a servant. Remember, remember it says, The servant shall not abide in the house forever. God's saying you're a son... As many as led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And you've not received the spirit of bondage again unto fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, God, you are my Father, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, what, what does it say? Just what I just said. Then heirs. Heirs of what? Heirs of God. You're an heir of God. Join heirs with Christ. If so be that you suffer with Him, that you also may be glorified with Him. So, so we are joint heirs with Him. That, that's what we, we have. We don't have a spirit of bondage. See, but that's what we want. We want to be bound again to the law. But as a son, you're not a servant to the law. You're an heir of God, so He wants to free us. What, what does it say, and I, I'm trying to stop, and, and, and I'm going to talk for a few more minutes, but what does it say about the kingdom? He wants to give you the kingdom. Does He not say that? What does He say about the Holy Ghost? Does He say you have to, you have to come to God and beat Him up to get it? You can't beat up God anyway. But I'm just kidding. He says that He freely gives you the Spirit. That He wants to give you the Spirit. He wants to. What do you want to do with your son? Even in a natural sense, you want to get you want the best for him. You not? You don't want to sit you don't sit around and, and hope your son is the worst. You want the absolute best. So God's not looking at you, Waverly, and saying, Waverly, I want you to be the worst so I can beat you up. That's not the mind of the Father. A father, you, you realize the relationship of Father, God as Father, is not even really revealed in the Old Covenant. Have you ever got a hold of that? In the Old Covenant, they're not running around calling God their Father. And, and, we, and we got a hold of that. Here Jesus comes on the scene and begins to talk to him about the kingdom of God and he says, how to pray. You know, they, they want to know how to pray. And, the first, and he says, our father. So the relationship of, of, with God is a father and son. So we come into relationship, God, you are my father. I have been birthed by you. And you do that because you experience it. It's not just words on a page. It's an experience in your heart, in your innermost being. You experience God birthing you. And see, 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 these things aren't just words. They're experience. They free our minds. They free 
conscience, they free us that we have liberty. Liberty. What 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 we read words like liberty? Stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith you may make free. We don't want to stay in the liberty, we want to go get back in some condemnation. Come on, let me get back in some condemnation. No, he has freed you from it in his life. I've been made free, glory to God, and now I can go free others. Because that's what I've received. Freely you receive, that's what I've received. I've received from him that he rolled my sins away. He's given me his life, and now he wants to give it to me. Pressed down, in shaken together. And how does that read, Bob? See, we, we talk about money. And I'm okay with that. If God wants to give you a lot of money, go ahead. Have a lot of money. But he said, I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And he turns around and he says, I am life. So I'd like to get pressed down, shaken with his life. Glory to God. That's what I'd like to get pressed down with is his very own life, that his life would fill me up with what he is. My God. And that's my salvation. That's what I'm an heir of. That's what Jesus left. Any way you want to slice Jesus, he took on the form of man, was in the form of God, came as a man, and Father, glorify me with what? Thyself. Thine own self. And, and He brought us into that very glory. God's own self. God's not mindful of sin. God doesn't even have sin. God's not conscious of that realm. That's what He would bring us to do that we're free. Man, freedom. You know what freedom would do to the church if it was free? If it really believed Jesus had really paid it all? I'm done. What would the church do? They'd 